The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're really excited to have you back. We spent the week this week researching uh, stories on gangs and cartels. Now, why on earth would anybody do that? I say to myself, <laughs> we, we seem like normal people. What's this all about? Anyway, the reason, uh, and Susie Carpenter's on the, on the uh, mic with us this morning. Good morning, Susie. <laughs> Good morning. I'm sorry. That was really funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're, we're just really strange people sometimes, but this is very, very important, and that's why we do it. We also had some help this week by a million kids volunteer who did a great job. Her name's Donna Soward, and she did some research for us, and we really always appreciate other people coming in and helping us, especially with the research. So why do we talk about gangs and cartels? You know, that basically has nothing to do with my everyday life, fortunately. I live in an area where there aren't a lot of gangs, and I say to myself, why, why would anybody care? Well, we care because this is becoming something of an epidemic. I was thinking it's a little bit like a virus seeping up from the soil, and we're not seeing it happen. Gangs are, in fact, increasing in the United States, and they're increasing increasing around the globe. I had lunch yesterday with Dr. Skip Lanfred, and he's with your Belinda Friends Church, and he's a friend of mine. And he just came back from India and Pakistan, uh, parts of Syria, going into Greece. And he was telling us all about the gangs and how they are absolutely exploiting the migrants and the refugees over there. Well, that's something of what is happening in the U.S., only on a different scale and maybe with a different process. And the reason we want you to know about gangs and cartels is because you can make a difference, but you need to be smart about it. First of all, this is a law enforcement issue. And as most of you know that follow this program, this program is all about supporting law enforcement. Because whenever we look at a case, we look at it from the standpoint of the law enforcement from the victim and from the predator with the idea of educating each and every one of us on how to stop it. 
But gangs have become very, very sophisticated. What is happening in the U.S. is many of the gang members are coming through with what we call the border kids. These are people that are coming across the border that are, for whatever reason, and this is not a dissertation about whether we open or close the border, okay? I'm not getting into the politics of this, but the reality of it is, under this administration, the rule has been interpreted that if you're under 18, you can stay. And so what is happening is we are seeing many people with, for instance, MS-13, which is Mara Salvatrucha. And if you speak Spanish, you can laugh at me. I'm a blonde gringo. I get it. I don't know how to say that. But it's MS-13, MS-18, and they are forming cells across America. And these people are very sophisticated. We need to change our thinking about what a gang looks like. Do you know that most gangs are part of organized crime? They've realigned themselves. In fact, there's even franchising going on. Uh, Since El Chapo down in uh, Mexico was caught, they're refranchising and rebuilding relationships. They have IT guys. They have technology guys. Um, They use bitcoins, which is cyber currency, which we've talked about in other uh, shows that we've talked about where there's, uh, we talk about technology. Cyber currency is, an example is Bitcoin, but there's actually about 600 different kinds of cyber currencies. Many people that work in the U.S. now are sending their money home by cyber currency. It's anonymous and non-traceable. So it turns into a money laundering business. And you will see, as uh, Susie begins to talk about the Dog Pound Gang, these people are into many different kinds of organized crime. So they're very sophisticated. A lot of this, the recruitment is being taking place on the internet. You say, why do I care? My kids aren't connected to gangs. Well, that'll work unless your daughter falls in love with the wrong guy on the internet. And you don't know who she's being connected to. They also prey on runaways. And you're going to see this throughout the stories today. And they are part of organized crime. So it's very difficult for law enforcement to always understand what is happening. A lot of times they'll have a single case of a single runaway who's being exploited by a single pimp. And as they begin to pull the thread on that case, they begin to see, if they're asking the right questions, that this is, in fact, going across many states and and many counties. The case that we analyzed last week is available on the archive at um, exploitedcrimes.com. All of our shows are archived. And by the way, you too can archive a show if you have a church or an organization. You can put this on your church website and use it to educate your people so they can do that. Now, this show isn't meant to be a dialogue. It's meant to be a mo- it isn't meant to be a monologue. It's meant to be a dialogue. Got that backwards. And so if you want to call in, the number is 866-472-5788. Now, we have many people overseas that are listening, and we know gangs are doing this overseas. So you can go on to Me and Kids' Facebook page. That is spelled M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Me and Kids, that's the organization that puts this radio show on. And uh, they it's called that because over a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. So if you can't call in, email us um, at opal at millionkids.org or send us a Facebook message at Million Kids. So Susie's going to start out this morning by analyzing for you a case having to do with the Dog Pound Gang. 
and then we'll pick it up from there. And please feel free to call in and make any comments or thoughts you have at 866-472-5788. Susie, you want to take it away here? I do. Um, I, I did my research this week on the Dog Pound Gang from Fresno, California, and on April 21, 2016, a multi-agency gang sweep that the Fresno Police Chief Jerry Dyer called the largest and most impactful gang operation in this city's history resulted in the arrests of more than two dozen people of one of Fresno's most notorious gangs. In all, 28 people most identified as leaders of the Dog Pound Gang, were arrested in the sweep dubbed as Operation Dog Track. Chief Dyer said it was an operation he had been working on for the last 15 months. Several of the arrests centered around the gang's prostitution operations that originated in Fresno, California, and ballooned out into five states across the nation, including Washington, D.C. The joint investigation found that the Dog Pound Gangsters transported human trafficking victims across state lines in violation of the Federal Man Act, forcing women to generate income through prostitution that funded other criminal activities for the gang. According to the 258-page affidavit, the Fresno Dog Pound gangsters were also allegedly involved in violent crimes, credit card fraud, and bank fraud. Several violent assaults, murders, and shootings were solved or circumvented as a result of this investigation. At least eight of the gang's leaders were recruiting young women in Fresno, often runaways, through social media and other means before sending them throughout the country. This ability to recruit girls out of their own houses has exploded the numbers of victims and increased the target pool for pimps, according to the affidavit. 39-year-old James York was identified by Chief Dyer as the top target of the sweep. He is believed to be the leader of the gang and was allegedly involved in both the shooting plots that started the investigation and the prostitution operation. He was also charged with the sex trafficking of a 17-year-old girl who has since been put into foster care. Three men charged as pimps from the gang are believed to have brought in at least $30,000 per week from the eight or nine prostitutes that each supervised. Chief Dyer says the gang was fueled by prostitution. It was their main source of income. The FBI said, as part of the operation, they seized nearly $50,000 in cash, 17 luxury cars, one handgun, and luxury goods worth thousands of dollars. I'm surprised it was only one handgun. Also, Three local motel employees were arrested on pimping charges as police say they knowingly provided rooms to the gang for prostitution. Chief Dyer said none of the prostitutes will be charged as they are considered victims. Some were lured with promises of a better life, but all were eventually coerced by the violent gang leaders. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know what? I'm always taken when I start to analyze one of these cases, and I know you two, and I know Donna that worked with us this week. I, I, you know, she had had some training in human trafficking, but she herself said, "I had no idea how complex these cases are." And my heart goes out to law enforcement because these are major, major challenging cases. Before we dive into this and really get into the the heart and soul of it, let me caution you that. This case is still in court, and it is still pending, and many of these charges are alleged charges. And until they're actually charged, 
we are not going to convict them of it on the radio. However, we are going to sort through what is being alleged here because this is a very typical gang case, and we need to take a look at it. One of the things that Susie said that I thought was very, very important to point out is that almost every one of these cases that I read involving large-scale gangs the victim is either is either a runaway or they're a foreign national. The case that we looked at last week, it was an interesting case. They had brought in women from, um, I believe it was Honduras and Mexico and uh, El Salvador. And they were horribly, horribly violated, those women were. I mean, sometimes forced to do up to 40 men a day and uh, held at gunpoint while this is happening. One of the things that you ask yourself is, who's the sex buyer? Who's the sex buyer that's participating in a sex act where you're number 38 and the woman's held at gunpoint? We need to ask that question because this isn't like we see on Pretty Woman uh, where somebody has sex for $3,000 and he marries her. Uh, This is, in fact, sex slavery, and there's no other way to put this. It is absolute indentured servitude. It is absolutely uh, a death sentence for a woman to be involved in this kind of thing. So I talk about runaways, and we're going to, as we go into the next section, we're going to talk about this victim and how this happens in victims, because that is one of the most important things that churches and nonprofits can do is address the runaway situation. This is like an epidemic across the United States. As young people, you know, they get frustrated at home, everything seems like it's tense, and then they meet their newfound, you know, knight in shining armor on the internet, and poof, they are gone. And I don't believe that there is enough dialogue out there to young people. So maybe, you know, we're telling you, don't be going to motels and waiting for gang members, even if your own daughter's involved in there. Get the law enforcement involved. But stay with us for the next section, because we're going to start to talk about the in-depth part of how this works, and more important, what you can do. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. 
you count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Well, welcome back, and thanks for staying with us. If you want to call in and talk about it, it's 866-472-5788. And Susie Carpenter and myself are deep into this situation with the Dog Pound Gang. Now, this is a gang up in Fresno, if you're just joining us, and it's a a gang that actually covered all the way to Washington, D.C. That's really important to understand that, because think about this. I don't know how big Fresno is. I meant to look it up, and I lost time here. But let's say it's a couple hundred thousand people. Maybe, I don't know if it's that big or not, but let's say it is. You know, they've got this huge gang going in Fresno, and it probably never occurs to them that this activity is taking place all across America and going to Washington, D.C. So at the crux of this was the exploitation of runaway kids. And I really want to drive that point home to you because I reach out to kids in school. And I'm telling you, we need to be able to talk about this to our kids and talk about because with the access of the Internet, anybody can reach a child these days. All, it, all they need to do is have Pokemon Go. I can't say that right. <laughs> always, always call it Pokemon Gone. <laughs> anyway, Pokemon Go. Think about this. You just lure a bunch of kids to a location and you've now made a connection. And so part of the what we have talked about in the past is the fact that kids are living in a fantasy world, making real live decisions to show up someplace and meet somebody. It happens on instant messaging too. So there are many ways now for predators to access our young people. And that is happening with gangs. If you are thinking about your basic thug out on the street in Compton, Okay, there's some of that, but these people are sophisticated and they are part of larger cartels, and this is very big money. I was looking at what Susie was saying. The line uh, in the article was saying that three men charged as pimps are believed to brought in about 30000 per week from, from the eight or nine prostitutes that each of them supervised. So I did the math on that. That means right there in little old Fresno with three pimps, and I can guarantee you there's a lot more than three pimps involved in this case, with three pimps, that comes to $4.6 million. Now, one of the things you need to understand is that gang members are part of the food chain. They're not walking away with the $6 million. They're collecting their piece, and they're serving their role, and then that money keeps going up the food chain and probably ends with the Mexican drug cartel. So in essence, I hope this makes you mad as it makes me. 
But these people are using our kids, our most precious, valuable resource, destroying their lives while we are funding the Mexican drug cartel. If that doesn't make you mad, something's really, really wrong. And we need to stop and take this on. But we need to be smart when we do this, okay? I don't want anybody in this audience waiting outside a motel room trying to get a gang member. That is law enforcement. But you will see in these cases that you're exposed to these people. Remember the case last week? I was really fascinated by that. You know, they were talking about these brothels were in regular neighborhoods. They said as many as 30 cars would pull up in any one day. Their kids are riding scooters out the front of that car. and I mean, out the front of that house. And they're saying, you know, we thought it was odd, but we didn't know. Remember, if you see something, say something, call somebody. There might be a young girl in there being exploited. That's the first thing you can do. The second thing you can do is deal with runaways because we need to start to talk to our kids about what happens when they lose all the comforts of home. They make this immediate erratic emotional decision and they're out there. As I was uh, looking at this case, uh, they have some quotes from some of the victims here. Now, the victims, as they should be, are absolutely anonymous. But I want you to think about it. First, first let me back up. There, in this case, I'm not seeing a lot of women in the gang. But in the case that we analyzed last week, and this is a case involving where they brought in undocumented women, half of the actual pimps were women. Very hardcore, mean violent women who were holding these women at bay. They actually had one woman who would transport them around and she goes, well, I wasn't sure they were really into prostitution. I thought maybe that was their boyfriend. I mean, really, who are you kidding? You're standing there waiting while this girl is forced to service 40 men and you're too stupid to figure it out. I ain't buying that story. Sorry about my language there. But I get a little excited when I hear stupid stuff like that. We got to get smarter. Let's talk, hear about what they're saying about this girl. First of all, she was a habitual runaway. Now, we have that right here in Riverside County in Southern California. We have about 600 runaways a month in, out here. And about 400 of them are habitual. About 70% of the runaways that are reported come from the system. They get lost. These are foster kids, group home kids, kids who are lost in the system. She said she was an habitual runaway. Uh, She said that, you know, she got involved in this because they were promising her freedom and money. And that's almost always how it happens. We need to talk to our kids, including foster kids, about easy money. When I go into schools, I tell kids, easy money will be the most expensive money you ever earn because there's no such thing as easy money. The only money that really counts is the money that you earn that brings you dignity. They were promising her all kinds of money, and that is usually how it happens. Hey, you want to pick up 500 bucks? And nobody will ever know what you did. That's easy money. Money that is in secret, that isn't easy money. I can tell you that right now. Well, so she met up with a guy. His name was uh, Bailey. His last name was Bailey. Now, 
she said the first thing they did was take her far away from her home. That is exactly what they do. They take you away from home so you have feelings of isolation and hopelessness, and that makes them dependent. The first thing about pimping, pimping is not about sex. If you're thinking that this has to do with just sex, you're wrong. These guys, pimping is about mind control and about getting absolute control on another human being for personal gain. And they will get you absolutely dependent. As you saw in here, some of the other things that were going on was credit card fraud and drug selling in here, violent assaults, murders. They control these kids. They get them in, and they immediately will break them. And that is a horrible, horrible process. They gang rape them. They gang sodomize them. They often will use guns. They will use guns to their head. They will strangle them almost to the point of death. Think about the psychological impact of that for a victim. You know from here on out that next time he may not quit. And so they get these kids all involved in the other crimes and selling drugs, taking drugs. And they tell them, you know, you're going to go to prison for this, not me. You're the criminal, not me. They make them absolutely dependent. They alternate between violating them and then offering them protection. That's what pimping's all about. Otherwise, you could be an independent prostitute, couldn't you? But that pimp says, no, no, I'm going to take care of you. But you've got to uh, follow the rules on there. So what is happening here is that they'll take them away from home. They're forced into what we call survival sex. That means trading your food, excuse me, trading your body for food and sex. And it almost always starts with another woman, that bottom woman. And I'm surprised there aren't more women mentioned in this dog pound gang. But you need to know women are in gangs. And by the way, when a girl is jumped into a gang, she is literally, they hold her down and run a train on her with an audience. And so that is to to get public acknowledgement that she now belongs to that gang. And she has no control over her body at that point. So she was forced into survival sex. The, the statistics on the street is that either one out of three, depending on who you read, one out of three or one out of five victims will become victims, excuse me, runaways, one out of three to one out of five runaways, will become victims of sex trafficking in the first 48 hours. So, you know, what are we waiting for? It's just a conversation. Let's start talking to these kids and especially creating safe haven for runaway foster kids. This girl, initially, they took her from Fresno, Anaheim, Bakersfield, Camarillo, Los Angeles, Monterey, San Francisco, San Jose, San Diego, Las Vegas, and Phoenix out of state. Now, if you're over in Italy, that may not mean anything to you, but they basically moved her all over Southern California and Arizona. And so this girl is absolutely dependent. Most of the time, they give you a new name. Every day, you're given a new name, they tattoo you, they brand you, so you don't own your own body, and they move you around. She was working out of a motel. They guard you at these motels, and so you can't get free. Now, I'm proud of Fresno police that they arrested these three motel operators because they were complicit in the crime. And as you saw in here, they were actually doing what we call asset forfeiture. It's a little hard to do these days in law enforcement, but I hope they get away with it because that motel was complicit in violating those kids. And they need to know that they are going to pay a price if they did that. 
This girl told him that she was seeing other prostitution coming into Bakersfield. And she asked if she could go to a nearby store and told him she was anxious to leave Bakersfield. So she pleaded to leave in here. She had been prostituted since age of 16. Now, it doesn't say how old she is at this. But at one point, she was forced into the trunk of his car and drove back to the motel when she tried to get away. So she was not only trafficked for sex acts, but he placed her in extremely dangerous situations with absolutely no regard for her safety. In this case, she was locked in the trunk of a vehicle, and she began to accept that as routine. She knew this was going to happen to her. So... Finally, what happened was she was located and was able to get out of a hotel, and she uh, wanted to get her cell phone, and she, uh, she was leaving the hotel, and so she was able to escape. But I want you to understand what it's like for a 16-year-old to be owned by a gang. Now you understand why Susie and I do this, because it's real easy for us to read that headline and go, ooh, that looks bad, and move on. These are our kids we're talking about. These are our runaway kids. These are special kids. These are kids right here in the U.S., and they only made one bad decision, and it changed their life forever. But you know what? If you're part of Million Kids, if you're listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, we can change those bad decisions. We can reach out there. We can talk to kids. You can get involved. You can share this show with other people so that we can begin to protect these kids when they can't protect themselves. So we're going to go into a new case at the next section. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. 
Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Well, hello, welcome back. Sissy, we're talking at the break here that um, I need to be sure and give out the tip hotline. That's one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight. And I'm going to say that again in a minute if you're racing to get in. But it was really interesting because in the case that we analyzed last week and also in the study that we all did of the uh, Dong Pound gang, many people realized that this wasn't right that things were going on, but in this case, they were afraid to report. You can report anonymously to these hotlines, and that is the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. And by the way, you don't have to be a child. These can be adult hotlines. They take This is Polaris hotline, and they take all the leads all across the nation, and they distribute them out and get them directly to law enforcement, and you can do this anonymously. And it's very, very important that this be reported because I want you to understand what you're seeing is only, you know, one thousandth of one percent of the actual case. And in there might be a woman from Mexico who's being highly violated or a girl, just like our runaway girl, who just made one bad decision, and you can make the difference by reporting it. So you have your pens ready? That number is one 888 One, I like to say this number, one 888 Okay, while you're at it, write down our call-in number, one 866 And while you have your pen handy, why don't you write down meandkids.org and go to Me and Kids on our Facebook page and go to exploitedcrimes.com. Now, all of our radio shows are archived, and we want you to archive our show if you have a church or a nonprofit. The more people that can get the free training, and by archiving it, that way they can go back to different shows. I mean, this one happens to be about gangs, but a couple of weeks ago we talked about the sex trafficking of boys. Sometimes we talk about the psychology of grooming. I mean, we cover, we talk about sextortion. We explore child pornography cases, which I I may be doing next week, I'm thinking. The week after next, for what it's worth, we're probably going to have Dr. Skip Lamford on, who just went to the Middle East, and he's going to talk about all the gangs and the trafficking that is taking place of the Syrian migrants and all that's taking place throughout Greece. So I'm really excited about that. He's a friend of mine, and he's just an amazing individual. So I want to start to analyze a couple of cases here, a new case. Now, many of you that have heard me speak in person 
have heard me talk about this case, but I think it's important to kind of reiterate it, especially in the context of talking about gangs. Now, this is a case that took place in late 2014, and uh, I believe most of it's been adjudicated at this point, but just in case we're going to call it alleged because we, we don't know that all of them have been, it's a very large case. One of the pimps was from our county, and so we were a little bit involved, but not a whole lot. This took place in San Diego. In San Diego, uh, it took place at a high school called Grossmont High. And literally what happened is gangs used their gang girls to do a lot of the recruiting, although a lot of it was also done by gang guys. There was a wide variety of, of programs going on here, but it was all about getting young people, kids that are in high school. Now, let me talk about, if you don't know, what a bottom girl is, if you're new to this show. Gangs will use a girl, not just gangs, by the way, pimps will use a girl too. Now, there's another word that bottom girls are called, but I'm not going to say that one on the air. We don't want to dignify it, actually. Uh, And besides, we want to keep this clean. But let's call her a bottom girl. And in this case, what happens is that gangs will often use their young girls that they have jumped into the gang that are doing prostitution for the gang, and they will promote them up. Um, Maybe they started when they're 12, 13, 14, but what will happen is by the time they're 17, then they get promoted. They begin to do things like, um, you know, go out and reach out to other kids. They do the uh, placing of the ads. They manage the money. A lot of times they will move the girls around. They place ads on the Internet, usually on a place like Backpage, B-A-C-K-P-A-G-E, or Craigslist, or a multitude of pornographic sites, which I don't go on to, but I sometimes go on Backpage to help people find their missing kids. And so these girls will act as kind of the intermediary. Now, get this. Their big role is to recruit other girls. And this is very, very important for parents to understand because it goes very quickly. It isn't like they build a long-term bonding relationship. They'll buy them a couple of gifts. They might take them to a party. They get them drunk. They have a little sex. It's filmed. They start to blackmail them. Or they simply take them somewhere off to a public event and turn them over to a gang, and they are just flat sold into the gang. Now, Susie runs the finest Facebook page in America, at least, maybe in the world. In my opinion, I'm prejudiced, but all you have to do is go on it, and I think you'll agree. If you go to Million Kids' Facebook page, you will see case after case after case. Sometimes she posts a couple of cases, three cases a day, and you will see that 60% of our cases involve another girl. That is a bottom girl. Now, they're not always 17 or 18. Oftentimes, you'll see these women. In the cases we did last week, there were seven out of 15 of them were the women that were managing and recruiting these girls. And so sometimes the the bottom girl will be 24, 28, 44. I saw one that was 71, and this woman was mean. Okay, she was violent. But what will happen in there is that their role is kind of to disarm this kid and work them in. So they place these girls in high school, and they also use the gang boys to act as boyfriends or to, you know, lure in guys and girls that, hey, you can be in a rap group, you know, you can be in a rock band and promise them money. All told, they brought in over 100 kids. I believe the number was 94 girls and six guys. They tattooed many of these kids with barcodes. Now, why, why do I bother mentioning that? 
Well, it's all about branding. They own your body. And so it's a psychological process on here. And think about an idea of a barcode. The implication is, is anybody can run their cell phone over the barcode and know how much you're worth how much they're selling you for, and your description, and it reduces you to merchandise. So then they get these kids, and they begin to sell them over a five-state area. So what was fascinating to me as I studied this case uh, for our local gang task force is that there were, I think, seven other gangs that were part of the tycoon gangs. The tycoon gangs ran it, but they also brought in the West Coast Crips, the Neighborhood Crips, the Lincoln Park, Skyline, O'Farrell Park, Five Nine Brims, Emerald Hills, and Linda Vista Crips. There were some cliques called Playgirl Fantasy, Added Up, and Break Your Bitch. Sorry about that. That was the name of it. These gangs each had a separate assignment. Now, you talk about organized crime. You have to understand you're dealing with organized crime. We're not talking about just a few street thugs that get together to act up. Each of these guys had a different assignment. One of them managed the girls and transported them around. They had vans, and they were taking them over a five-state area, arranging them to be put into hotel rooms. One of them placed the ads and booked the hotel rooms. This is very organized. One distributed the drugs. Why do I point that out? Because if you're law enforcement out there, if you're campus security, maybe you're seeing what you think is a drug ring. But what you may not realize is it could be a drug ring for a sex trafficking ring. They had a drug ring that only supplied the drugs out to these people and their clients. One of them handled the money, and one of them literally broke them. Now, this is really, really ugly stuff, folks. I'm sorry. There is nothing pretty about human trafficking. But I want you to understand how important this is because one of the questions you'll often get, and maybe you'll be on a jury someday, and it's very tempting to sit there and listen to this girl's story and say to yourself, hey, this girl's in a motel room with a guy. Why doesn't she ask for help? Well, it's because she's been broken. And by that, they had one gang that did nothing that but take 12, 13, 14-year-old kids who wouldn't make their bed and would talk back to mom and break them so that they're willing to do 8 to 15 guys a day as they're transported across America. And what they do is they burn you, they cut you, they lock you in a closet for days and days and days. They starve you. They, you know, if you're locked in a closet, you don't have anywhere to go to the bathroom. They gang rape you. They gang sodomize you. They burn you. They do, they'll use a hot iron on you. They electrocute you. This is all about breaking your spirit. They will drug you, and then they tattoo you. We've had cases where the girls have been tattooed on their face, across their neck. And if you go on some of my websites every now and then, I put some of the gang tattoos on there so that you can see them. And so it is a, it's a, just a horrendous act. I want you to understand how important it is that you talk to your kids today about not ever hooking up with a gang guy. Be very careful of anybody who offers you anything free, especially if you don't know them. Don't be going to parties with people you don't know. This is how it all started for the tycoon gang. 
And it was absolutely a violent operation. One of these kids was only 12 years old. And most of the grooming and most of the recruiting in this case took place on social media. So this is the reason why from time to time we run cases about grooming. Because these guys will create a fantasy world and our kids see it as bait and they bite. And they have no idea what what where they're headed. None of these kids, not a one of these kids ever expected to end up as a prostitute. This runaway girl that you saw quoted in the Dog Pound Gang, almost all their girls in the Dog Pound Gang were runaways. We see that in case after case after case. And it's important that we stop today and start to take this on. You want to know what you can do to keep kids out of it? Start to talk to them. Talk to them about morality. Talk to them about easy money. Talk to them about what happens when kids run away. Give them safe haven. If you're a church or an organization, let them know that there is always a safe place in your organization they can go to and have somebody to trust to talk to. So stay right back. We are going to analyze a case here. In this case, they violated undocumented women, but they're a large-scale gang. So we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Singleton. 
Well, thanks for staying with us and coming back. Uh, we know this is a tough subject. This one's really, really hardcore. And uh, I really appreciate every member of our audience that takes the time to educate themselves and understand this. The reason that's so important is you're liable to be seeing some of these victims. And it's a fascinating thing how even myself, I work in human trafficking, and every now and then I will have seen something and I walk away and I say to myself, Was that human trafficking? Because you don't always recognize it, but it usually starts off with, you know, there's just something not right here. And that is the case in this next case. Uh, This next case is really, really complicated. I was wondering if I really had time to do this and and handle it, but I think that I do. The headline, and by the way, all these cases are posted on exploitedcrimes.org. And Susie, are they also on me and kids? I mean, excuse me, it's (laughs) exploitedcrimes.com. Susie, are they also on uh, me and kids.org? I can't remember. Yeah, if you go to millionkids.org and scroll down to our online training, you can follow uh, our blog from there, our training blog, and all the articles, the links to the articles are found there. Okay, great. Well, this headline is called Feds Make 13 Arrests in Naples, Florida to North Carolina Sex Trafficking Ring. And the leader of it was a guy by the name of Antonio Mendez Lopez, the alleged leader who is allegedly called Flacco. And this is a, a very complex case that went on over uh, a couple, three-year period. And actually, in this case, uh, well, I guess the federal grand jury has indicted nine people in this case, so we can drop the word allege. But it's a loose organization. Now, this is really, really hard for law enforcement because it is loosely uh, set up, and it's covering from Naples, Florida, to North Carolina. So, you know, if it's loose, the connections are kind of hard to put together. But it has to do with the trafficking of Hispanic women throughout the southern states. Many of them were from Mexico and Honduras. And so what they did is down in Panama City, uh, Florida, they used this one location for a hub for locating and bringing in the females. And that usually is where that works. Now, at this point, you're talking about human smuggling, not human trafficking. And there is a difference to give you an idea. Human smuggling is you pay a coyote money and they bring you in and with a little luck, they let you go. Now, that's a crime. You know, you've broken a, a national law, regardless of all the controversy that's going on in our nation. Our law says you come into our nation illegally, you, you're a criminal, you've broken a law. But you are not yet a victim of human trafficking. These women came in being smuggled in because they thought they were going to be getting jobs as housekeepers and nannies and like that. And we really need to create a program down in Mexico where this is really broadcast out about what is happening, the reality. In fact, I hope people from Mexico are listening and and some of the Latin American countries, as we know they are. The difference between human smuggling and human trafficking is if they bring you up here and they don't let you go, which is what happened to these people. Once they hold you against your will, that's called force. Once they threaten your family back home, that's called coercion. Once they tell you that you're going to get a job and you end up in sex work, that is called fraud. And either one of those, any one of those three, make you a victim of human trafficking. They brought all these women in and they kept them in one location. They called, referred to them as meat, okay, meat, M-E-A-T. They weren't women. They were meat. 
They were held in a three-story pink and white home that overlooks a playground, and it just wasn't conspicuous, okay? However, people would say they saw what was happening. Now, this case started because way back when they had a case in 2013. Now, law enforcement, if any of you are listening, I want to point this out to you because many of these cases start two years back. But I also want you to understand the amount of violation that takes place with this victim between 2013 and 2016. That's a huge amount of violation. Now, in this case, she was actually... uh, a victim of sex trafficking, she got free, they prosecuted the case, and they relocated her, but this gang tracked her down, and they kidnapped her again. Now, I see this time and time again. If these kids are going to get free, we have to put them and relocate them in places that are absolutely safe. Now, we didn't know much about human trafficking in 2009 and 2013, but we know today. And I know, because I train law enforcement, the different procedures are put in place. So what has happened here is when they got her back, they highly violated her, as you might imagine. So then what happened is they locked her in and took her to a motel and locked her in. But she was able to get free and get out of there. And this girl, because of her experience, went directly to the police. Proud of her. Proud, proud, proud. Because I'll tell you, this is terrifying to be a victim of a gang like this. I want to point out something else. In this case, they were charged with money laundering, seven counts of transporting individuals interstate for prostitution, harboring in there, and then an illegal entry. So what is happening here is you have many gang members. But one of the things that was fascinating here is these women here were in a prostitution delivery service. In other words, this gang is very organized, very sophisticated, and they realized that the police might be on to them, especially when they took back a victim that had been previously free. And so what they did is they started a prostitution delivery service. I want all law enforcement may be listening, listening to this. So the women were given daily quotas of 25 clients a day, and they were constantly driven between Florida, Georgia, and New York, and they operated out of individual houses. Hello, people could see them. There was one woman involved. She was a bottom woman, and she was also acting as a prostitute. Now, you need to know this often happens with bottom women. Many times they're beaten as an example for the rest of them, and so they stay in line. She was so proud because she was able to service 163 clients in one week, and so she was trying to impress her boyfriend on that. And so what happened here is the pimps were trading the women by showing photos over the cell phone, and they'd get to choose each week on who they got. So you understand how hard this is for law enforcement. First of all, you have a woman bottom girl who's actively out there turning a lot of tricks herself trying to impress her pimp, and she's probably being uh, violently attacked, the same as the other girls. But when you're taking the girls into a delivery service, this gets very difficult. What if you're the cop down in Collier County, Florida, and they're taking her up to North Carolina? They literally would trade the girls' photos on cell phones, and each pimp would choose up again each week, so it was hard to track. 
Now, law enforcement got wise to it, so they understand the delivery model. But one of the things that was happening is that they would see these, the neighborhood would see these girls, and they would say, you know, they didn't realize what was happening. They said out in front of the house was plastic toys and LED lights with a double door. They had a young couple that was living there with a two-year-old son. They were renting from them, and they had to observe what was going on, but they didn't want to report. I'm going to tell you folks out there, the only way to stop this is to report this, and you can report it anonymously at one 888 This is taking place in a regular house with a backyard in it. They rented out the apartment for $400 a month. They were good renters. He laid tiles for a living. The people who rented this house covered for them. He said, I never saw the woman going in. Once I thought he had a girlfriend. But he would bring her home every while. I didn't realize it was sex trafficking. Folks, I so much appreciate you listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. And I know Susie does too. We put a lot of time and effort in trying to understand this. You can get a lot of resources during the week by following us on Me and Kids' Facebook page. Write to us. We want to know who you are. Spread the word. If you know people who are working in uh, sociology, you know, social work, that kind of thing, public health, a church, spread the word. Let's share this program with everybody. If we don't take this on, who's going to? We're counting on you out there. We need you. We can analyze it. We can train you. But you're the ones that are seeing these people. You're the ones that are talking to these kids. So thanks again for joining us this week. We so much appreciate us. Follow us at Me and Kids. Tell everybody you know. And next week, I believe we're probably going to be talking about child pornography and what you can do to stop it. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.